You're listening to Sufficiently Selfish, your weekly dose of putting yourself first, being unapologetically you, and not giving a damn what anyone has to say about it. Hosted by yours truly, Emma Jones, your selfish coach and mentor. So if you're looking to create more space in your life for you, you're in the right place. Hey friends, Beyonce may have the same number of hours in the day as you, but are you managing your life as efficiently? If you answered no, I have just the thing. Gemini Coaching's new Life Management Style Quiz. This quiz will help you identify your natural life management style, how to use it to your advantage, and how to avoid some of the not-so-great aspects that come along with it, because everything has its pros and cons. Check out the show notes for a link to the quiz, and in three minutes you will have your life management style and information that will help you run your world like Beyonce starting today. Hello friends, welcome back to Sufficiently Selfish. This week we're going to be chatting about sleep. Sleep is such an overlooked activity. It is very rarely prioritized, and because of this, we end up suffering, which then snowballs out into the unintentional suffering we burden others with. This can manifest itself in so many ways, you being irritable, unfocused, or just not delivering to the best of your abilities. When you have properly taken care of yourself and allowed your body and mind to charge the way you allow your computer and phone to, it's a game changer. We take such good care of the devices that we have in our lives that we feel help us live an easier existence, but we neglect the most important tool we have to work with. So when we aren't eating right or aren't being active and letting our body move, or when we don't allow it to rest in the way it needs to in order to fully recharge to 100% and work its best, you're neglecting the most important thing in the world, which is yourself. But today, we will specifically be focusing on sleep. We all need a different number of hours of sleep, and it's usually more than we think it is. I remember listening to Ariana Huffington being interviewed on a podcast. She was discussing this very same topic, and she actually wrote a book called The Sleep Revolution, Transforming Your Life One Night at a Time. I love my sleep, and I'm someone who wants to prioritize sleep, but I still need the constant reminder because I know what will happen if I don't actively work to make this a priority every single night. And of course, there are always temptations. Let's take it back a bit. I had insomnia when I was a kid. I know a lot of children have this issue, and I actually think I handled it pretty well because I enjoyed being alone in my room at night. I wasn't allowed to have my room laid on because my parents didn't want to just outright condone me staying up all night, but I was allowed a flashlight and I would read most nights until I would eventually fall asleep or maybe not and then just go to school the next day. I would be tired and definitely cranky come evening, but it worked well because what else can you do when you have insomnia? Over the years, I found mechanisms that helped me cope with this insomnia. Some of those things that helped me were a sound machine set to babbling brook, always babbling brook, arranging my pillows in a certain way around me, 
and sleeping with a lot of blankets in a really cold room. Basically, you learn to make it work because we all need sleep and our bodies know that. What was interesting is when I went to college, I actually started going to bed at 10 p.m. I could tell my body wanted it. So if I felt like partying, I would go party early on and mosey my way to bed. And the funny thing is that I would sleep until 10 the next morning. So practically all of freshman year, I slept 12 hours a day. And maybe this was to make up for all the years of childhood insomnia. Who knows? By sophomore year, I was back to being a normal college kid, going to bed sometime around midnight and waking up as late as possible while still being able to make it to my first class. When I started working after college and had to be in the office at a set time, ugh, so early, 9 a.m. was painful for me, I completely stopped prioritizing my sleep. And for the first time in a long time, I felt like my time wasn't really mine anymore. I hated the idea of waking up, running to work, coming home, having maybe a bit of an evening, and then going to sleep and doing it all over again the next day. So I would wake up early to give myself time in the morning before work started, so I still felt like I had a day to myself, and I wasn't just working the day away. I would be tired throughout the day, but hey, so was everyone else at the office. And this is where I think it starts to fall apart for most people. This lack of sleep seems normal because everyone else around us is also experiencing it. And then we have this societal dick measuring contest of who can function with the fewest number hours of sleep. Who is taking the best advantage of every waking hour? But okay, I got caught up in that and that was life. Although I never lost sight of the fact that I need to wind down. I mean, this is a fact and I can't ignore that. So in some ways, I still tried to prioritize sleep. When I would go out at night with friends, I would always make sure to be back before 3 a.m., knowing it would be at least two hours before my mind was able to fully wind down and I would actually get to sleep by 5 a.m. Now that I'm my own boss, I can sleep however long and really on any schedule which allows a lot of freedom, but also a lot of responsibility to ensure now, even more than ever, I am prioritizing my sleep. Last year, when I was living in Johannesburg, I would set my alarm to go off at 7 a.m. I'd wake up, still have my time in the morning to myself for my morning routine and whatever else I wanted to do. And around 11, I would meet my friend at a cafe and we would do work together. Generally, I'd be asleep by midnight, and I'd be a little tired in the morning, but it seemed 100% sustainable. And as I was transitioning to leave Johannesburg and move on to my next destination, I wanted to take advantage of the natural time difference I was going to be experiencing to reset my clock and wake up at 6 a.m. to have even more daylight and be able to sneak a workout in in the morning or you know, whatever really I wanted, just another hour to myself in the morning. So I thought, okay, I'll just slowly adjust myself to waking up an hour earlier and going to bed an hour earlier. But when I came back to the States, COVID and quarantine were just getting into full swing, and it really seemed pointless to have any sleep schedule whatsoever. And what I find really interesting, though, is that this is exactly when I started prioritizing my sleep again, although at first it was unconscious. In some ways, I always was prioritizing sleep. For example, knowing to come home from partying earlier than I wanted to because I knew that it would fuck me over to not go home and try to get some sleep. 
But by giving up on a schedule altogether, I turned off all my alarms. And what happened has converted me into someone who will never underestimate the power of sleep again. I still make sure to start winding down for bed at a reasonable hour. (laughs) There's no partying going on in quarantine, which definitely makes this an easy decision. But without an alarm, I've learned that I'm truly someone who needs eight to nine hours of sleep. This is, again, something I remember Ariana Huffington mentioning, that many people brag they can function with four hours of sleep, but the actual percentage of humans that can do that is less than 0.02% of the population. Most people need seven to eight hours of sleep, and some people need even more than that. And I think I fall into that category of needing more than that. But here's the thing. Allowing myself to get the amount of sleep my body and mind actually needs has been such a game changer. I rarely wake up feeling groggy or like I want to stay in bed longer, even when it's cold or rainy outside. And once I'm up, I don't lose steam a few hours later like I would when I was going to the office after only seven hours of sleep. Really, guys, we need more sleep than we think we do, and we push ourselves to get as little as possible and wear that as a badge of honor. Some of us have really valid excuses like I have a kids or a dog, but all of these are relationships that we set the boundaries around. Now, hear me out. I'm not telling you to sleep through your infant's feeding time. But what I'm saying is at a certain age, and that's most likely younger than you think, kids are fine to entertain themselves. I know I don't have kids, but my cousins were raised to not be allowed to leave their room before 8 a.m. Starting from the ages about three or four, they were taught that you can wake up early and that's fine, but you're going to stay in your room and play with your toys or books or really whatever you want to do, but that time is your time in your room. And they've turned out great. They're super self-sufficient and very well-rested parents. (laughs) Now, of course, that's not going to work for everyone. But I want you to think beyond the this isn't possible for me mentality. Really sit down and itemize what the roadblocks are for you getting more sleep. And I bet by knocking them off one by one, you can at least get yourself back an extra hour, if not more, by sacrificing some TV time or maybe just not doing those finishing touches with the work that you brought home from the office. Switching your line of thinking from reducing the numbers of hours you sleep to increasing it may seem crazy. (laughs) You might be saying, but Emma, I don't even have enough hours in the day to do everything I need to do now, and you're telling me to sleep more? But my answer to that is if you're well-rested, you're going to end up performing better, making better decisions, and being more present, which I would argue in the long run will end up saving you tons more time. There's so many benefits to getting proper sleep. Boosting your immune system, preventing weight gain, increasing your mood, increasing your productivity, and improving your memory function and just mental function overall. You can probably list anything you want to improve, and I could argue that sleep will benefit you in that thing, literally no matter what it is. And this is not going to be an easy shift. I don't want to make it seem like it is. But even just getting into your bed and allowing yourself to get rest with no TV on, without scrolling on social media, just to relax, read a book, or let your mind wander. 
Since I need serious wind-down time, I try to get into bed and wind down there. I do some breath work to relax and slow my heart rate. I do a meditation to hopefully just fall asleep during it. Or when all else fails, I put on an audiobook and have that lull me to sleep. But you may need something different. Play around with it. Try getting into bed early. See how it feels. Or honestly, my best learning from all of this is waking up naturally and not having an alarm go off. That alone has 100% changed how I enter into my day each morning. And if this is something that you can incorporate into your routine, I highly recommend turning off your alarm and allowing your body to wake up when it's ready. Really, the moral of this episode is stop bragging about how little sleep you need and start exploring how much sleep you can benefit from. So I will leave you with that thought, and we'll see you back here for next week's episode of Sufficiently Selfish. Thanks for listening to Sufficiently Selfish with me, Emma Jones. New episodes are released on Tuesdays. But in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at Gemini Coaching. That's G-E-M-I-N-I-I Coaching. And if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and subscribe. If you really enjoyed it, show your support and leave a review in iTunes. Till next time.